Welcome, friends. Welcome and uh, glad to have you here. Lou, how are you? Doing very good today. I'm glad to be back in the swing of things here. Yes, we are going to be doing episode 170. I can't believe how this is flying by. I know. We're almost at the end of chapter 15, my friends, uh, 16, 17, 18, and then we're done with uh, the Gita. And um, I said last time in the last episode, uh, I don't want to belabor the point, but I think it's helpful for those of you to go through these in order, starting early, chapter one, and then going up to chapter 15. Don't skip around. Uh, I mean, I, you can do whatever you want, but right. it, it makes more sense to go in order. So verse 170, there are, no, sorry, verse 16, episode 170. Episode 170, right. Yeah. Verse 16 and 17, I'm taking them together, and you'll see why. Verse 16 says, there are two purushas, beings in this world. By the way, what does purusha mean? Puru for those of you who live in India or know uh, Indian languages, you know that the su suffix pur is placed at the end of various things, just like sthan means abode of, or like Afghanistan, Pakistan, right. uh, Rajasthan. Similarly, there's a pur, Kanpur, Nagpur, and pur means city of or abode of. So here, Purusha means this is where the entity lives. So Purusha, the being in this world, is there within us, within each living being, is the Purusha. There are two Purushas. So far, we've talked about Prakriti and Purusha. Remember in the earlier chapters? He says here in verse 16, there are two Purushas or beings in this world. Hmm. Two Purushas. Hmm. One is the perishable and one is the imperishable. Okay, this is the first time he's bringing this aspect, although he's talked about this many, many times before. If you remember, he's talked about Prakriti and Purusha. He's talked about Kshetra and Kshetragnya. He's talked about Paraprakriti and Aparaprakriti. Again and again, in different ways, he keeps shaping it. And there is a difference, although they're same. The perishable is all beings, all of us, we are perishable, just mm. like these flowers that are behind me, these orchids. They've been around for a long time. They're alive, by the way. They're not uh, plastic, <laughs> uh, but they're perishable. They will perish, just like I will perish. All of us are perishable. The imperishable is called a kutastha. Kutastha in Sanskrit means anvil. Um, the immutable. For those of you who may not know what an anvil is, it's a horse, uh, sorry, it's a shoe, shoe-shaped metal piece, very hard metal, right, Lou? Right, yep. And it, you, the, the, the uh, blacksmith puts right. some other kind of metal on it and then hammers this other metal after being heated so that it molds it to a different shape. The anvil never changes its shape. Even though he's hitting it with another piece, the metal that's heated and put on the anvil changes it to the shape that the uh, blacksmith wants it to shape, but the anvil never shapes. So he is analogizing in the Gita, Krishna is analogizing the imperishable to the anvil. And we will see why that is, because the imperishable is 
uh, just to give you a heads up, the imperishable is the Atman or the Brahman, the God within each one of us. Right. Verse 17 says, but the highest Purusha or being is another, a yet another. The highest Purusha or being is another called the Supreme Self, the indestructible Lord who pervades and sustains the three worlds. Oh boy, three worlds. It's like stars, like something from Star Wars. <laughs> All right. So now we're starting with verse 16 and then to verse 20 in this chapter 15. Krishna is describing the supreme being, even transcending. So far we said the macrocosm, right? We talked that Brahman is all over in the macrocosm. Then we talked about in the microcosm, us, each one of us, living entities. And now he's going to talk about the reality supporting both the macrocosm and, and microcosm, going deeper and deeper each time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the two purushas are the perishable, in Sanskrit known as the kshara, here in this uh, verse, and the imperishable, which is the akshara. Bear with me. The akshara is the kutastha or this anvil, which is immutable. The Gita has spoken about this, as we said many times before. And the kshara, the, the perishable, is the gross body, which mm -hmm. is what you see here, and the subtle body. The gross body has two parts to it, right? The perceptions, which we perceive through the five sense organs that we have. We perceive, we see, we smell, we hear, we touch, we taste. All of that is through the gross body. And we know what happens when the gross body dies. You don't hear anything, you don't see anything. All your sense organs are gone. All perceptions are gone. Therefore, it's known as perishable. Now comes, and then the gross body also does action. So we have five organs of action. <clears throat> we touch, we walk, we kick, we hit, we speak. Our voice box is an organ. We urinate, we defecate, we reproduce. All of those are through our organs of action. All of that is also the gross body, and that too dies. After you die, you can't hit anybody, you can't kick anybody, you can't speak, you can't urinate, you can't defecate, nothing. Now comes the other part of the kshara, which is the other part of the perishable, which is the subtle body. Bear with me here, friends. This is interesting. The subtle body is the mind, the intellect, the five sense organs, the five organs of action, the physiological functions of the body, the prana itself, and the prana, and the metabolism. Mind having emotion, intellect having thought. Now, all of that is, is the subtle body. Now, we have said in the past that this goes from one body to the next after you die, mm -hmm. which is true. But here he's saying that this is perishable. It needs the vasanas underlying this in order for it to be alive. Without the vasanas, the mind, the intellect, the sense organs, the physiological functions, all of this is not. That's a new one. We didn't know this before. We didn't hear this. You mean to say vasanas cause this? Yes. The vasanas are the driving force of why we come to earth, why we come to being, why we come alive. Why? Because the vasanas want to fulfill themselves. The vasanas is the driving force between all of us, including our own life. Now we come to akshara. 
Akshara is that which does not die. It is imperishable. It's beyond the gross and the subtle body. And that is the causal body, also known as vasanas. The vasanas are known as causal body. Obviously, the reason it's called causal body is because the vasanas cause everything else to occur. It causes right. you to be born. It causes you to create and form and be take birth uh, in a gross body. It causes you to start thinking and planning. How can I get what I really want? How can I get that strawberry shortcake that I want so much? <laughs> How can I get that? I like strawberry shortcake. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so causal body never changes. It is the basis for all sam samskara. The entire creation has its basis as akshara, as perish, uh, imperishable, as vasanas. The causal body is the basic material which shows up as the subtle body and the gross body. We just said that. At the time of death, the vasanas move from one body to another. Bodies change, vasanas remain unchanged. Now, we did one episode on reincarnation. I'm sorry, I don't remember the episode number. But no, actually, we did three. It was a three-parter. Three-parter, you're right, you're right. In that, friends, we talked about uh, children, when they're born, they remember their past life. And it's a fascinating thing that I learned, and I passed it on to you through those three episodes. If you listen to them, you will see that when the child is born and he remembers his past life, he has the same vasanas that he had in the previous life. For example, that <clears throat> kid whose name was James IV, he was a fighter pilot in World War II. He was shot down by the Japanese. He was supposed to be going home to his wife and his family, uh, and he got shot down, he died. When he was born again, coincidentally, his new parents named him James, and he started writing on his little art when he was four years old that he was James IV. <laughs> um, but his vasanas, because he wanted to go back and see his friends, the pilots who had been with him, and by this time they were in their 70s and 80s, and when he did meet with them, the same vasanas proved themselves again, showed themselves again. Uh, and I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I think you get what I'm saying, that the yeah. vasanas continue from life to life. People like James know them, show them to us, and remember them. The rest, we don't. So, um, in verse 18, he tells us that there is, Krishna tells us that there is still another one who is Uttama, or above these. Ishwara enters the three worlds, he says. Uttama Purusha is other. The Supreme Being is other than, did we get frozen there? Just Luke? for a second. But we're okay? okay? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes. I don't hear you. Yes, go ahead. Lou? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you. Should I just keep going? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, verse 17 is the concept of Brahman. Um, kshara, Akshara being perishable, imperishable, and Uttam Purusha, which is the supreme being. There are two interpretations to this. One is the three worlds that he talked about the three worlds is the states of consciousness that you have one is the waking state 
the dream state and the deep sleep state. The waking and dream st sleep state are considered together to be like the gross and subtle bodies, whereas the deep sleep state is the akshara, imperishable, which are the vasanas. That's one interpretation of these three worlds that he's talking about. The other interpretation of the three worlds is more like the trinity that other religions also spoke about. In the three worlds, there's the waker, the dreamer, and the deep sleep dvasnas are all the kshara, which is perishable. In this, he's saying all three are perishable. All three states of consciousness are perishable. This includes the waking state, the dream state, deep sleep state, plus the gross body, the subtle body, the causal body, body, mind, intellect, vasanas. And on the other side, the akshara, the imperishable, is the consciousness or atman that enlivens them all. That's the difference. Now, the Supreme Lord here is thus referred to as the trinity, the kshara, the akshara, and the uttam purusha. And I think in Christianity, we've seen the same thing as a trinity. Now, when you have a teacher, a guru, who says to a student, here's God. The student says, where's God? And he asks his guru. And God says, pointing all around, he says, that's God. Everything that you see over there is God. He says, ah, okay, so I understand. Those trees are God, that green leaves are God, that grass is God. And he said, no, 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 it goes beyond that. The imperishable aspect that gives it life, that huge big tree over there, those leaves, this grass, the right. imperishable aspect that gives it life is God. He says, oh, I get it. So that's God over there. Uttam Purusha is beyond all of this. So, for instance, there are many, many analogies to give to this. So one example is take a big piece of ice and somebody says, a child that doesn't never seen ice before says, what is that? He says, well, this is ice, but it's really frozen water. Well, what does that mean? Well, you see, as, I, as it starts getting warmer, that ice melts into water. He says, I get it. That's water. I get it now. That's what water looks like. No, 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 no. It's more than that. This is just one form of it. Another form. Here, let me take you to this lake. You see this lake here? See how big it is? That's water also. I get it. That's water. No. You go to the ocean. Say, oh, my God. That's <laughs> also water. So there's many different aspects. It's like space. Between two desks is space. You say, okay, that's space. I get it now. Then you look, no, no, no. It goes beyond that. See, this whole room is space. I get it. This room is space. No, you don't get it because all over you see space. So God is like that. That's what this Uttam Purusha is. It's hard to comprehend. Again and again, this, we are told in the Upanishads and, and in the Gita, that you cannot conceive of God. It is just impossible to. It is only when you become self-realized, when you become God, then you be, uh, uh, are aware of it. It's like in a dream, there is no way you can know that you're awake. It's only when you wake up that you realize it was a dream. And that's what this Uttam Purusha is. You have to become the Uttam Purusha for you to understand it. Lou, are you with me? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> friends, thank you. Uh, sorry about the little technical difficulty here. I hope that this comes through okay, and we will see you next time. Thank you.